0: Hey, everybody. Came in, came in small. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth. My name's Scott. And I'm Sachin. Here we go again. So, it's been a long time. It has. There's There's been a lost episode missing in the meantime. Do you think you're going to publish it? It'll come you? out. It'll okay, come, so yeah, it will come out. So sequentially. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, by the we'll by, by time you heard this... You've already heard that one. Unless you're just taking the latest one.
0: That's true. Yeah. And this one might appear five minutes after the one previous to it. So, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, podcast In podcast news. In podcast <laughs> news. So, something I thought that would be interesting to talk about, uh, I went to Burning Man this year.
1: I never thought that you'd be the kind of
0: person to go to Burning Man. I, I never thought that I would be the kind of person to I go to Burning Man. I feel
1: like you've Man. always sort of like, oh, Burning Man, like, what? Why would you want to go to that?
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. That was was sort of my... Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, My girlfriend works for the company that did the uh, environmental impact assessment for Burning Man. Oh, cool. And so she got free tickets. Oh. And so we went. And I was like, to be honest, like like you said, Burning Man was sort of like... I was like, "Eh, I don't really know that this is going to be my thing. Like... You know, like what? But but I was like, well, <clears throat> whatever. We'll we'll give it a shot, and it'll probably like worst case scenario, it's a it's weird, Yeah, right? it's a weird camping trip. Or you something can say like you that. did. Yeah. Um, Burning Man for those who, those of our listeners, <laughs> who uh, those of our listener, yeah, who maybe. Don't live in the Bay Area, or, or know, have a bag over their head. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's this big, it's this big uh, art camping experience out in. Uh, it's
1: like a pop up community in the desert. Yeah, so. in, in the
0: Black Rock Desert of Nevada, maybe uh, eighty five miles out of Reno or ninety miles out of Reno.
1: So you say Nevada?
0: Yeah, as opposed to Nevada. People,
1: a lot of people say Nevada.
0: I say Nevada. Mm. What do you say? I say Nevada. You say Nevada. I
1: mean, I know it's probably not
0: correct. Well,
1: know,
0: it, it, in the Spanish, it's right. defi- it's not right. even Nevada. It's not Nevada. It's Nevada. Right. She's <laughs> <laughs> like out of California.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: but I mean, but yeah, I don't know what I don't want know what people in Nevada say.
1: I, I think they say Nevada. Do they? Well, that's what I feel like. I about. talked
0: to people from Nevada, but we never actually uh, we never actually mentioned the name of their state. Really? Yeah. Uh, I thought I missed I thought opportunity.
1: I thought I read something on the internet about like you know that somebody's not from there, because so they say Nevada instead. Of, it's kind of like people who say like um,
0: Paso Robles. Well, yeah, Paso 100. Robles,
1: yeah. or like I think like uh, Willamette instead mm-hmm. of Willamette or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so you went to pop up camping in Nevada.
0: Almost sixty thousand people. Well, something like fifty. 56 thousand 57 thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. people had this thing um it's really interesting how they set it up like there is a lot of sort of urban planning that goes yes, on yes. in this like they they arrange the whole tent city like uh like a clock and so you know your streets by what time you are and then uh, concentric circles that have letter names or you know like there were flowers this year so I guess like Weiss and B, uh, Edelweiss starts with an E, but whatever. Um, and, uh, and there's, in the center of this, there's this mile-wide, uh, mile-diameter circle, um, that is just, like, all these installation art pieces. And those were really, really cool. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of very cool art, and it's just this huge place, um, uh, I think Burning Man gets a bit of a rep for like kind of sex and drugs, uh, and you know people just sort of running around naked. And there's there's a lot of that going on. You know, here. I
1: always thought about like I never really thought about so much about sex. It just seems like uh, non conducive to that. Yeah, you know because it's just like it's so very hot dirty. and so harsh yeah. and all that stuff. But like the drugs and the um, like the nudity definitely. Think, yeah, but, like I think I'm. That's, that's kind of, like, my uh, visual.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, there's definitely a good amount of nudity. I never saw, like, I never witnessed people using, like, serious drugs. Well, but yeah. it's something that they would do in the RV, I guess, yeah. and then go But even then, around. it's
1: like, it sounds like it's just so hot. that, Like, I mean, who wants to be so, you know, like. On substance, you know, like maybe maybe something light. Well, you know, dance.
0: also like there's a lot that goes on at night. Yeah, like they have these sort of dance clubs and they okay, have like, yeah, yeah, yeah. light shows and stuff like that. That's and when so, you do it, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Um, and then you wouldn't really do it. I, see I sound like a total stiff. I'm like, I guess that's when the people would use drugs if they wanted to have an alternative experience. They would imbibe in their magical mushrooms, imbibe, or their peyote or there actually, you know, I think like that's the thing like I didn't get the impression that anybody was like shooting up heroin or smoking yeah, crack. more like, like so it was sort of, of like stuff, yeah, it, it was it, was, it was, was kind of like hippie like drugs, like LSD or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, a lot of lot of naked people floating around. And, you know, I guess it's hot, right? Doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean that was fine. No, no worries there. Uh, so overall, like overall, it was a pretty interesting experience it it was very dusty yeah, and windy yeah. and like we just covered so I, how
1: did you guys get out there and like what equipment did you take because I mean like I've sort of like I know that even if you just have a ticket in hand which like apparently these days is not a trivial task anymore like just getting out there like the car the gas the food like everything it's like basically it's the ultimate pack in pack out sort of experience that's from like my impression from like what I've read and seen and stuff like that it's like there's no bathrooms. I mean, there are. No, bathrooms. There,
0: there's tons of porta-potties. Actually, okay. And they clean them every day. Okay. Like, but there's no,
1: like, running water. Yeah. There's not a lot of, like, oh, here's, like, the McDonald's. Or, not even McDonald's, but, like, the pop-up restaurant. Mm-hmm. Here's, like, the coffee shop. Here's where you go take a shower or whatever. I, I think they have, like, showers, but it's,
0: like, a water truck.
1: The, like, the essential. I, I
0: never saw that. Like, people, you have to pack in all your water. Yeah. You yeah. can't. The only things that are for sale for actual money are ice and coffee. Right, right. Um, Everything else works on sort of a gift economy, which is really interesting. Uh, and basically, like, these people kind of organize these big camps beforehand. You know, people donate time and, yeah, mm-hmm. and money and effort uh, to organizing these things. And then they will actually, like, put on just sort of events for anybody. Like, you, they'd be like, hey, come have a cold beer. Come have you know a tea? Come have a massage, you know, like
1: and they and the pleasure they get out of it is people coming to their camp and just being
0: there. Yeah, yeah, and I guess you know meeting interesting people. Or, so what did you like. guys take with you? We were we were like very light, uh, you know. We like to do this seriously. It's sort of like it, it, you want an RV or something yeah, like that's, that. That's like, kind of
1: thing. I feel like that's kind of what I was getting at before. It's like yeah, you bought a ticket, but now where's your RV? Where's your gear? Where's your like? Water storage yeah. equipment. Where is your food storage equipment? So we stuff, were right?
0: we were in a borrowed car. We had a, a little two-person tent. We no,
1: had, you actually tent. You actually tent camp. Yeah, wow. yeah.
0: Uh, because and, I hear there's,
1: there's these huge like wind storms and yeah. dust storms and stuff so like that. Yeah, stick, so it stick down real we, hard. Yeah, like, we
0: staked it down. I mean, it's in that like we were you know we're bending the stakes. And the playa is
1: like super like basically packed in dust. There's right? like
0: there's like a two-inch layer of of. Looser, like, easy to push the stake into topsoil, and then you hit the hard pan. Right. And it's like, oh, this stake does not want to go any further. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and, and you know, even with the rain fly like, down as tight as we could get it, we were, like, the inside of the tent was covered in dust. Yeah. Sleeping bags covered in dust, all that sort of stuff. Um, we, uh, we... But basically, that was that was it. We had a sort of hatchback vehicle, and so in like the heat of the day, siesta time, we would pop the hatchback, put a tarp sort of over it, and have like a an extended kind of open air shelter. Yeah. Get around on your you know mountain bike. Oh, or you got to take bike. yeah. cool. um, uh Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it was. Uh, It was cool, though. You know, like, I... So what's your takeaway from this whole thing? What's, like, uh... I would not pay $300 to go to it. Again. Again. I would be happy to go to it again if it were free. Oh, I see. Yeah,
1: you didn't even pay in the first place. No, I didn't pay anything.
0: Um... Uh... I'd be happy to go to it if it were free. The art was really cool. Watching some of these enormous installations burn was... Was pretty cool. Yeah, you
1: watched the man burn. Oh uh, We stuff. didn't
0: stay for the man. Uh, okay. We like, like that's another thing. Like, I don't think I would. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you get more involved with the community and like just meet more people, then staying a whole week or whatever would be appealing. For me, it was sort of like, all right, like I, I've checked out the art. You know, I've met some people, sat around camp and having you know a cold beer on you know in the desert. And after about like I think we were there three days. Like after three days I was like, alright, I'm I'm ready to go. You know, like I and was don't, that the plan or you kinda of had no plan? Uh I think originally we had planned on doing four days. Oh and you left um, early. Yeah, we left one day. We left one day early. Uh but it wasn't it wasn't like, oh God, we have to get out of here. It was just sort of like, Yeah, let's go, you know. Let's go yeah. home uh this day instead, then we'll have a day at home before So you missed you know. the exodus. We yeah, that was also part of like so the actual Burning Man City is maybe two miles or so uh, from the edge of the playa. And you can only drive about five miles an hour or seven miles an hour on this playa. And they they regulate drivers very much because you just kick up tons of dust. Yeah. And, uh, and not only that, but, like, there's BLM police and sheriff, uh, county sheriffs and stuff who are, like, just pulling... People over who are going over going too oh, fast like, on yeah. the playa. Oh yeah. Um, and so uh, getting in, we were just sort of sitting on the playa for a couple hours. Yeah. And that's like normal. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. On, I mean, if you were there on one of the big ingress days, uh, you'd be on the playa for like four hours, five yeah. hours before you get in. Um, getting out, we didn't have a problem because we left the you know the morning that they were going to burn the man.
1: Yeah, so, I, one of the things that always kind of weirded me about Burning Man was sort of there, like, I, I get this sort of, like, uh, pyrotechnic vibe from a lot of... I think back in the day, anyway, it used to be, like,
0: let's we'll just go burn stuff, you know? Like, know. you know? Like,
1: huge flamethrowers or whatever, and I was like, that's kind of,
2: like,
0: gross. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, one thing that struck me is, like, there is absolutely nothing sustainable about Burning Man, yeah, yeah. and... And I mean it's it's like, total
1: it's a total like shareable community and totally yeah. open and spirited, but it's missing the sustainable
0: part of it. There's yeah, there's there's a lot of fuel consumed, you know, a lot of like uh I mean everybody's running generators and stuff yeah. like that. And and yeah, just a lot of energy gets used. Um so you know, as as cool a, a place as it is, uh it that was the one thing that sort of stuck out as like not fitting with the rest of the vibe, which is very sort of like open and uh, you know liberal and you know yeah. conscious. Um, there was there was also you know it's interesting like there was a big sort of presence of what I would say were like a a vibe of sort of searching for kind of a spiritual connection there. Yeah, um, kind of lost souls, like sort of like looking for
1: people who feel like they don't belong. And they go to this place, kind of almost looking for well, a sense of I, belonging. I don't want to, I don't want to
0: like marginalize them it, like that much. It, it's it's more just like that for them. This is a spiritual experience. Yeah, uh, and and I didn't get any of that. <laughs> like I I got like this is really cool art out in the desert. You can basically have huge tailgate party for you know five days or something like that if you want to um beautiful location like i would love to go out there when there's no people because it's awesome like it's it's just really awesome and just like a really cool experience in that they managed to build this city in you know a couple of weeks and then it's gone uh but i and maybe it's because i wasn't open to it you know but like i don't get the sort of spiritual connection thing there and so maybe that's just like that, you know, some people are searching for it, uh, and so they find it there. Or maybe there is something that I just didn't, you know, I didn't see. But there, there's definitely that vibe as well. Um, they do build this big structure that's absolutely beautiful called the temple. And uh, people go there, and they, they put a lot of things to, like lost loved ones and stuff like that. And it really was, is a touching experience, even for someone kind of like me who's, you know, a little more, Jaded and uh, Sorry, sarcastic, cynical or whatever, almost <laughs> it's cynical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's a touching experience. Uh, I didn't. I wouldn't say it was a spiritual experience for me, but I think lots of people do have a spiritual experience there, and so that's something cool. Um, but overall, you know, I'd give I'd give Burning Man a, a thumbs up. Uh, a uh, certainly not for everybody, uh, but. It's open to everybody, and and you can find what you like there.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I've, I've always been interested. Not always been interested, but I think I've always been open to it. Mm-hmm. And having moved to the Bay Area, like, I guess six years ago at this point, I've only learned more about it. Because it is like, I think it's a very Bay, Bay Area-centric or yeah. kind of, like, fueled event,
0: as it were. Well, it started by guys who, like... A group of friends who like built a wooden man out on Baker Beach and then yeah. burned it, and then they, you know, I think it
1: grew and grew and grew, yeah. and they're like, we, we stop, we, we can't fit it wherever
0: we were doing it anymore, so they
1: went out to the desert. And I mean, it's like the people who started, they, they over in Manhattan Square, you know, and I think Burning Man organizations like based in like downtown. And all the all the burners are in the city, you know, mm-hmm. and there's always burner events and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, my, my my former manager used to be a big, like, he would go there every year and tell us all about it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm certainly interested to go, you know. Like, if you guys ever want to go again and have, like, three tickets, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. take along, you know, just to <laughs> check it out. Uh, yeah, I'm always, like, I think the drive out there kind of, like... uh just for some reason makes you not want to go. The drive
0: then, isn't uh, bad, actually, is as long as you avoid sort of their rushes. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's maybe a six-hour drive.
1: I think that that's sort of exodus, that that's yeah. a huge ingress that kind of, like, ugh, it just seems disgusting, you know, and then just, like, just having to bring everything with you. It, just, it seems kind of like a high-stress situation because it can get really hot out there, and it's actually a little dangerous, right?
0: Well, yeah, and I th- I mean, like, it depends, I guess, if, if you're sort of a risk-taker <clears throat> or not. Like, it... I. Like, we were fine. We had we had two coolers of food, water, and beer, and we had way more than we needed. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. like, uh, but then, again, we were only there three days. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. I mean, I guess I
1: guess it's just like bringing up a, a week's worth of, like, all that stuff, it just seems like a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think the more heavy you go in in terms of, like, meeting your own needs, the more pressure there is to kind of Like, have the stuff that is there. Like, if you have an RV and you need a shower and running water in your RV, it's like, well, you have to bring that much more water. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You know.
1: Was it really hot?
0: Yeah, especially. It was really nice in, like, the mornings and the evenings. uh, But, like, from about 12 to 2.30 or 3, it it was pretty hot. And not, I mean, certainly not the hottest place on Earth. But it, it was. It is a de- It is the middle, of like the high,
2: de- high
1: desert. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. yeah. That was good. End Oof. of time. You want to give us
0: a little? Uh, boop. Boop. There you go. <laughs> boop.
2: Boop. Boop. What was your What was your next little topic? You came so
0: really to go with like two. Uh, yeah, I'm. i Uh, for those of you who can't see me, I'm wearing jeans that have a hole in the knee. And down here by your... And yes, and they're starting to wear through at one of the pockets as well. These are these are authentic holes. like Yeah, yeah, these are not, these are not, uh, you know, I guess they're man-made holes, but they're, they're man-made by time <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to... You made them. Yeah, as opposed to fashion uh, statement holes. But so I, the, there's a train of thought here. I've got holes in my jeans, and these are uh, the jeans that I like the most. So I need to get a new pair of jeans. My girlfriend tends to like jeans on me that are a bit tighter. I like, I like yeah, jeans. She does. <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> jeans that are a little more loose, right? <laughs> uh, and um, and so, space.
1: Right? It sounds like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, it You're got me thinking. Home. <laughs> it got me thinking about the concept of fashion. In well, general, well,
1: that's a big that's a big
0: concept, and and well, and then the idea of uh, you're familiar, I'm sure, being an engineer with the concept of planned obsolescence. Yeah,
1: yes, I guess, yeah.
0: So planned obsolescence, my understanding is, you build something though, so at a certain time it will fail, and someone will need to buy a new one or get it repaired. Or just or for clarity,
1: like. we don't. I personally don't design for that.
0: That's that's yeah, but it's a <laughs> and concept and, and, that. Exists. I don't
1: know it as a, as an engineer. I know it as a as a, a person. All right, all right. I, engineers in my field, I like to think, <laughs> don't design or work for plans obsolescence. But you know what? Let's just let's just put a little self timer in here. When this counter reaches four billion, it doesn't work anymore.
0: That like you could uh, you know maybe there's a class in it in every engineering department. No,
1: well there's not in my in college. <laughs> like, no.
0: There might be, but not maybe maybe it's only in business. Classes, but um, the
1: business engineering
0: classes. (laughs) Anyway, I was I was thinking. So planned obsolescence is is when you sort of you put out a product that is intended to fail at some point, so someone will buy either the next round or or your product again. Yeah, you know,
1: one of of the most. Yeah, I I don't know this for a fact, but you hear all the time that one of the most damning examples of this is razor blades, right. No. apparently those like could last forever I mean not forever ever but I mean like for years
0: yeah that's what you're hearing you right? could you could design a razor blade that was just like of the right material yeah and it would just it would stay sharp yeah.
1: but these guys you know they have all these disposable razor blades and, and those things are expensive I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast but if we haven't I'm sure we talked about it outside because yeah. it's like those things dude they're like $20 for like a little six pack or Ten, whatever or it is. yeah and sure it'll last for six months so that's a lot of money
0: Yeah. Anyway, planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence, and uh, and what got me thinking about it is fashions always seem to be changing too. You know, like there's the fall fashion, there's the spring fashion, whatever. And yet, I think I feel like the uh, the changing of fashions has certainly predated this concept of planned obsolescence. But I feel like they're related. They're related.
1: There's a there's a little uh, I don't know a little short or documentary on the internet about like, well, I don't know if it's about this, but it's called Story of Stuff.
0: I've seen that. Yeah, and no. she
1: talks about how these fashions, you're constantly throwing stuff out, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is old now, and I can't wear this anymore, so you got to throw it out, and then you just get more stuff. And then, like, oh, this stuff has gone out of fashion, you throw that stuff out, you know? And You know, this is kind of a larger issue, maybe, than i like to broach, but it's like, a lot of times people put a lot of intent behind people's actions. You know, like, oh, well, they're just doing this, you know, like, in politics like oh they're just you know they want to like kill us all with death panels like for this healthcare stuff. stuff it's like well no it's not intentional like we're not trying to do that i can see why maybe if you turned your head this way and squinted your eyes and like maybe you could see like i'm trying to do that but that's not what i'm trying to do i'm trying to solve this problem and you know maybe you see it that way right and like look fashion moves things move technology moves right mm-hmm. i mean like cell phones like you get a new cell phone every two years do you need to no, but, I mean, why not have the coolest stuff? You know, it's not like you're getting it every six months or you're every three months. You know, two years is kind of a long time in this day and age. So, I mean, is is are, is the cell phone industry, are the cell phone makers trying to come up with stuff so you, just, you can buy stuff and throw it away? I don't think that's intentional, but I think it's part of this whole unintentional cycle that we're all kind of party to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fashion, I don't think they're... I, it's not like they're coming up with like, extra seasons, right? There's, like, the fall no, season no, no, no. And the summer season and the, and the winter season of fashion,
2: right? Mm-hmm. So,
1: at least they're not coming up with, well, let's go to, let's go to Sips. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still on the quarter system, anyway. Sprummer.
0: <laughs> You've got spring, sprummer, summer. fall, uh, Or, uh... Sodom. S- <laughs> You heard it here, folks. first time late August to uh early October will now be called sodom
2: it's a, It's a very gay
1: season it's warm you know <laughs> people are happy.
0: That is another thing I've been thinking about randomly the the way that words change, you know like uh like the word gay used to mean happy right you know and now it means homosexual and uh and then I was thinking like. Back when you know I was an ignorant youth on the playground, yeah, I used word, to use that word. The word "gay" also was sort of like an insult, uh, and and it's it's interesting, you know, uh, to think about. Well, I'm not gonna go this. We're gonna <laughs> move this one out.
1: <laughs> well, if you're gonna edit it out, might as well just go for it, right?
0: I was thinking, what we need is a new either we need a new word or, or what we need to do is get the word uh, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So. Yeah, you do. Right.
1: Come on, let's have it. <laughs> it's like, let's try like, for some email address from Scott.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright. When I, when I see something that uh, that's uh, a certain... A certain way...
1: Just say it. You're gonna edit it out anyway. You're I, the editor. Come on. I,
0: <laughs> I want to be able to say, uh, oh, it's gay. But I don't mean that's homosexual. Or that there's anything wrong with being homosexual. What do you think that means, then?
1: Because it kind of does mean that. Like, it means, like, there's these guys out there who walk amongst us. But, I mean, and the guy, like, a man, like, the idea of man men and guys and dudes they're like into like sports they're into like a aggr- kind of a little bit of aggression mm-hmm. they kind of like take tags at each other you know and like they like punch fun at each other like no, make the, fun of each other the gay guys no no these are the like the, the men men right oh I like,
0: thought
1: they were the gay guys <laughs> <laughs> I've been wrong this all time oh man look at that car that, it's like a Corvette that's so gay <laughs> exactly he wouldn't say that he would say look at that Fiat Look, look at that mini.
0: I would say that Corvette. Why? I don't know. Because overcompensated? Cause, yeah, the guy's, like, really trying to push
2: something.
1: Well, that's, I think, in practice, that's what, that's what it is. You know, and, like, that's why I'm not too worried about that. And especially in San Francisco of all places, like, if you see some guy who's super macho, you're like, what's that guy, like, he's overcompensated or something. Because in a city, you don't need to do that, like, yeah. puffery, right? Yeah. But, uh... Like I mean, it's in high school. Like you know, there's. I mean, I think like, boys are still like wrestling, or not wrestling, but coming to terms or understanding what it means to be a
0: quote man in the world. Wrestling and, with that idea, as opposed to wrestling with each other. Well, you Which know, Greek be, wrestling
1: yeah. or whatever. <laughs> 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 or Roman, was it Roman? Greco-Roman. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I think they're trying to like take down these 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 classmates or colleagues of theirs or who, colleagues classmates and friends whatever who weren't in that kind of stuff and we're more into just like you know i mean i don't think anybody's necessarily into barbie or whatever but it's like you know just not necessarily so aggro about everything and not necessarily so like oh i want to beat you in this race or i want to get bigger muscles or i, right. I want to like yeah. go out with all these girls and stuff like that i mean there's some guys just aren't interested in that stuff it doesn't mean they're homosexual or whatever it just means that they're not interested in there it's like but it's you know, you feel so secure that it's like, oh, you must be this, because that's so opposite of, like, what mm-hmm. men are. Like, men evolutionarily and, like, in history and man, you know, it's like, it's all about the leader of the house. And, and like, the... Big uh, hairy
0: balls. All that stuff. You heard it here for us people. Hate
1: <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. mail to the, Scott. <laughs> the leader has big hairy
0: balls. Irregular search for truth at gmail.com. Send your hate mail. Is yes. that like your uh, station identification? <laughs> yeah, you are listening to the regular search for truth on the internet.
1: K I S F. What? K I S F
0: K regular search for truth. Oh,
1: look at that! No, well, a there. there's no T there. Yeah, from... where's the T? K I S F T. Kiss FM.
0: Isft your internet source of buffoonery. So, anyway,
1: you were uh, using this word.
0: Fashion. Fashion. <laughs> a lot
1: of people in the fashion industry.
0: I think we have to abandon this. So, long. All right, let's start
1: over. you can edit this as a slice point. Boom. Silence. And go. Yeah, like. Um, Fashion does change from season to season. You may, It really makes you wonder whether there's making you... Because it's funny, you wear things from six years ago, five years ago, four years ago, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. This, I can tell that there's something wrong with what I'm wearing here. Well, I don't know what it is, and I used to like this, but and now it, that I see myself, it doesn't look good
0: anymore. It's not it's not the uh, holes in the knees. You know, that's actually one of the cool things, I think, about jeans is that they're not, I mean, unless they're kind of crappily made jeans, they're they one of those items that sort of spans the seasons, you know? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I mean, and, like, you know, you look around, like, at my work sometimes, we'll have these meetings, these stand-up meetings, mm-hmm. where, and the idea is you stand up so that the meeting won't go that long.
2: Yeah.
1: That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in practice, not necessarily, but I've noticed, like, I just kind of stand there, and I'm like, everybody here is wearing jeans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like seven or eight people were all wearing jeans, and yet nobody, like, thinks that's weird that we're all wearing jeans. It's like, oh, you just wear... Everybody wears jeans, and they're all different colors. We're both wearing jeans right now, mm-hmm. except mine are kind of darkish blue, and yours are, like, kind of lightish blue, because you've been wearing yours a lot more than mine.
0: And <laughs> mine mine have, have a lot more. holes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, jeans are definitely... And, you know, like, even going back to, like, the way they were built and their history, right? I mean, they're sort of like this gold rush outfit mm-hmm. that the miners wear, because, like, their linens or their slacks from their East Coast days don't really hold up on the mother load
0: yeah yeah it's you know that's one thing that like uh, that I noticed that you don't realize when you work sort of you know you in in like college and whatever like or going to a death job or whatever if you are working outdoors your clothes will go fast really like they'll just like it whatever you gotta you just sort of have to be kneeling down on the ground at some point you gotta like climb through a barbed wire fence at some point you gotta you know like you just move move heavy crap around and yeah. your clothes will get torn up
1: and that's why these like these dickies and like, these, and like really car hearts and
0: that sort of stuff yeah i guess i think they so. tougher
1: what do you think about what's your take on these jeans like the raw salvaged denim denim
0: have you heard about this
2: no what is it have you heard about this <laughs> <laughs>
0: have you seen this have you heard about this this new thing <laughs> Apparently, like, <laughs> these people have jeans. <laughs> There's this
1: uh, type of jeans that, like, they make it in such a way, and they have, like, these special looms, like, in Japan or whatever. And, like, uh, th- first of all, a pair of jeans is, like, $300. Mm. Whoa.
0: Yeah,
1: so I thought that would get a rise out special of you. Special
0: Japanese loom.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? I could and, trade like,
0: those jeans for a ticket to Burning Man. You
1: could, you could. I mean, like, 300 probably is where it starts, you know? But and the idea is you wear these jeans like every day and they're like kind of raw i don't know what that means but they're like raw and they're not like treated they're not washed they're not anything so like when they come they're like super stiff and mm-hmm. super hard but the idea is you wear them in and then you wear them every day and then like after whatever six months they take on your body you know they kind of stretch <laughs> in the way that you should have stretched and like they really become really comfortable and actually very soft because you've worn it like every uh-huh. day you know so like it's sort of, like, really, really high. And you're not really supposed to wash them. Huh. You know, or, like, if you do wash them, it's, like, in water. You, like, very quickly rinse them. Some people don't wash them all. They're very, like, adamant about it. Yeah. No. They'll, like, if it starts to smell or whatever, they'll just, like, they'll fold it up, put it in, like, a plastic bag, and then put it in the freezer for, like, overnight. What? And I guess that, like, freezes it, and then it kills, like, bacteria and stuff like that, and then it just stops smelling again. Huh. So that's kind of a big thing that's happening Right now, I feel like. Yeah,
0: do you think though that is just another fashion trend?
1: Well, you know, it's one of these things where I think there's sort of this vintage kind of throwback thing going on for the yeah. last decade. You know, like handlebar mustaches. I think it know, started like, with the
0: gas station shirts. It might have yeah. back in like the late '90s with like
1: your name, like a yeah. like Dave or it wasn't, whatever.
0: Yeah, it wasn't your name. It was some other guy, like <laughs>
1: like Gus, Dave, or Ray, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, like, I think there's these jeans that people wear, and, like, you know, there's a store on Valencia Street, of course, where you could buy and It's called Self-Edge. And I think to play on it, the, the style of jeans or style of denim is called Selvage. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I guess the idea is, like, there's these huge looms or, like, swaths of denim, and the very edge of those denim, the edge of those jeans are sort of, like, self-hemmed. They have a self They're, like, self-edged. Self-hemmed. So, like, you don't need to fold it over and hem it. It's, like, it's already sort of sealed up. Oh, interesting. I can't quite explain it to you. I'm not. I'm sure I'm not doing 100% justice to it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is, like, you only get so much of that fabric at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So these jeans are made of a special fabric. And not only that, but obviously they're high quality and they're not treated and all that stuff. So it's sort of like a real, it's almost like buying a baseball mitt. Mm-hmm. You break it in, yeah. you know, and it's like it's it's you've worn it in yourself and you use it. And it's, like, it's there forever, you know, and. It might last you a couple of years or whatever. You know, and a couple of years with everyday use is like 700 wears. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, what's your take on that? 350 bucks, 400 bucks, 300 bucks, somewhere in that range.
0: I think, you know, I think I, I, I certainly allow myself to wear a pair of pants uh, more than a shirt without washing it. Yeah. But I think you should wash jeans. <laughs> wow. Just it just ain't right, you know. Get the rope. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that commercial? Yeah. The- Seeing <laughs> <It's laughs> ain't paste, Bacconi so.
1: This stuff's me in New York City. New York City.
0: <laughs> Get the rope. That was pretty, like, that was kind of a, a somewhat risky commercial, you know. Because they, they started with one that was a little more tame. He said, uh, that really chaps my hide. <laughs>
1: That's a little, uh... Uh, it's got some homosexual uh, no, innuendos. That's there. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: Speaking, Hi, of,
1: speaking of which, uh, have you ever been to uh, the Folsom Street Fair? Folsom Street? Yeah, Folsom Street Fair.
0: I don't think so. Where is it?
1: Hide <laughs> <laughs> me for a second. Hide me for a second. It's on Folsom Street, um, but not all of Folsom Street. Okay. Folsom Street, probably between, I don't know, 6th and 10th.
0: Okay. And, uh, you
1: know, there's a lot of leather there,
0: a lot of chapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's it's not a regular thing. It's like a once-a-year thing,
2: right?
1: It's a once-a-year thing, and it's okay, not yeah. a regular Even when it is, it's not a regular
0: thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I remember it's like the leather fair or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah.
1: It's a very irregular
0: thing. Yeah.
2: So
1: there's a lot of hide chapping, a yeah. lot of chapped hides, a lot of uh, chaps, mm-hmm. a lot of hides. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much those two words in every (laughs) permutation.
0: A lot of that. All
1: right. I just a little side topic. I used to check it out. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I went one year. Uh, I don't know if I should mention that.
0: Did you wear leather?
1: No, no. I just kind of went as a spectator, and I went like very early in the day, Mm. so I didn't see a whole lot. But I could see that the situation was rife for debauchery later on, Uh. and the stories and things that I've heard about. You know, what goes on there.
0: I down mean, by Studs.
1: Down by the Stud. The Stud. The Stud. Yeah. At, at and Nathan uh, Harrison. Yeah.
0: That place always looks...
1: I always want to... I haven't been there. I wanted to go in just to, like, have a drink. Uh. It's right by my work. Not right by my work. It's, like, three blocks from my work. But, I mean, you know, it's like, whatever. Just go in. Remember one time we went to a gay bar? Yeah. Uh, like, I think that must have been, like, three years ago at this point.
2: How we, could I forget?
1: And we walked in. We didn't even know. We just walked in, like... And then we started looking around, it was like, wait a minute, where there's no women in here. And then then we're like, Well, that's fine, whatever, everyone, who cares? Right? And then we went to the bar and it was like the strangest thing. It was a line for the bar. Like normally you go up to the bar, right, you kinda like jostle up and everybody's like standing around, you're trying to make eye contact, you're like, What's up, what's up? And you put your hand down, kinda look impatient, not too impatient. Uh Uh-huh. You gotta, like get sometimes the, you
0: take your money out. Yeah,
1: yeah. You put your money, like, you just kind of like casually put it over here. Like, look, I'm ready to pay
0: whenever. Like, I'm yeah.
1: cash. It's cool, you know. Like, but like here, there was no. I walked to the bar initially, and I noticed that there was nobody else at the bar, but there was this huge line, and they were all very polite. Oh really? Not to be stereotypical, but <laughs>
0: huh? No, because I I had a different memory. I thought that we never got served there.
1: Well, because the line was so long.
0: Oh. Okay. All right. All right. So it wasn't that they picked us out as like straight people. No, no, we just
1: we and waited in line, and it was like it was such a polite thing. But the thing is, it still took a really long time. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think when you go to a bar, even though you don't get served, you feel like everybody's equal, and you might
0: get served quicker,
1: mm-hmm. even though in reality maybe you don't. Yeah.
0: Bars are interesting places. They're like watering holes. Yeah. A lot of bars, like they have their own character, and yet, and yet, a lot. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like the Bay Area is kind of full of clones. Phones all trying to express their individuality. That's
1: ironic <laughs> to the Bay Area, since the Bay Area used to be such an individual kind of place. Is it? it
0: used to be? Well, you don't you think, think it is anymore?
1: you? I mean, well, I mean, you got Burning Man and you got San Francisco, but it's really changed, hasn't it? Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, every place changes, I guess. But uh, I mean, it's certainly well, some places quicker than others. I yeah, suppose, yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess if you look at sort of the history of the 20th century. The Bay Area is probably one of the places that sort of had the most change go on.
1: Very dynamic, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so what what do you think about the
1: clones? So their uh, the clones, clone bar or something? Or no, like, just like sometimes you
0: like. You, and and it's it's this is nothing like I I am one of them, uh, but you just you're a clone. Of, yeah, you right. know, like <clears throat> you walk into a bar and you're like, wow, all these people kind of look like. People at the, the last place I went, and they're all kind of having the same conversation. And I've heard that Woody remarked before, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. oh, that conversation has been had. And it's just sort of, uh, I I don't know. Sometimes, like, I, I guess maybe it's that that you know, like people are attracted to well,
2: one yeah, another or right, like of that. Course, so that of uh,
0: that you you get concentrations of people that have similar interests and similar ways of looking at things but
1: you know obviously part of it is like kind of like with the law of numbers you you get like a hundred thousand people who are roughly of the same kind of like I don't know what would you say education um, employment background interests Mm -hmm. a concert is probably a really good place to attract all these people right if you go to a I'm just trying to think a big a big concert like a like a Coldplay concert or something like uh, that. You know, it's like you're going to see roughly the same people, and they're all going to be watching, the roughly the same. They all watch Breaking Bad. They all have <laughs> Netflix. They all talk about it, you know, Or they all watch, like, The Daily Show. Like, oh, did you see The Daily Show last night? Yeah. And they all kind of yeah. crack the same joke, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. You can feel bad about it, but it's, like it's just the way it is. No, know? it's just I mean, like... It's just, it's just that the law of numbers, there's only so much inspiration. We all enjoy it and have fun with it, you know, yeah. but... But it, it does make you feel a little bit like, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll drop the matrix into this podcast. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know it hasn't been done brought for uh, a while, but, uh, you know, the recurring theme. Going back. Like, you know, you just feel like you're part of the, the herd, right? And it's yeah. like, everybody's kind of like, well, this can't be... Is my reality reality? Because, like, everybody's doing this. We're all like, oh, we all did, went to college, and then we all, like... Got jobs and we all go camping and we all go like this and we yeah. like was all over Las Vegas and we all go like this place and we've all been to the same places.
0: Well, I think and what strikes me as sort of the ironic thing is that we all seem to have this really uh, great interest in our own individuality when, when in fact it or when maybe more
1: interest in c- cultivating our own individual. yeah,
0: yeah, and and yet. Uh, like uh, and and every person is unique, you know. Every genetically, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you look at sort of these masses, you're like, wow, we're all very the same, right? The same right. Point. It's like
1: these yeah. trends, right? Yeah. And like sometimes you see these reports on the internet or like whatever, where they really crunch these numbers, or like that book for economics, yeah. Where you're like, yeah. oh crap,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like you know, among a thousand people, I'm pretty unique. About uh, among a million people, not so much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, there'd probably be a thousand other people like me among, Yeah, if I, Or three
1: hundred thousand people, which yeah. is just the United States, and then on top of that the whole Western Hemisphere and then whatever, right? Yeah. Western hemisphere or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, we all call our moms on Mother's Day, huh? We all call our moms on Sundays, and then we all like you know, we all watch the game, you know, whatever the game happens to be, and then yeah. we all like drink the same beer and maybe there's ten of the same beers, but we all drink this one, you know. Right, and, yeah. Like even Globe in California we all know the rides, of Disneyland. Right. Well, we all we we all went separately. You know, like I don't know how many times you went when you were a kid. i mean I went a I don't know, like, probably a handful. Like maybe like five or six. I know the place like back of my hand,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: like I live 500 miles away. You know, and like, <laughs> you and I could probably discuss the best way to get from Tomorrowland to Frontierland, and then the best rides to go on between Frontierland and t- New Orleans Square.
0: Ah, oh, New Orleans Square. That place always had some intrigue for me. Yeah. Like, it was very atmospheric.
1: The Haunted Mansion. Yeah. On the way to Robinson Crusoe Tree. And then there's the Pirates of the Caribbean. And then Big Thunder Mountain Railroad on the way to Frontierland. I mean, it's like, everybody knows all this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's only one Disneyland. We've all been to it.
0: When was the last time you were at Disneyland? It's probably been like uh, eight years. Okay. All right. So the Indiana Jones ride was there.
1: Yeah. yeah. I went I went on the Indiana Jones ride the first time when I was a senior in high school. Okay. We went down there for like a... Like a marching band trip? Like we marched yeah, down yeah. like Main Street? Or oh, yeah, like. I was in a singing group that sang
0: it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny when you go down we went to a school at UCSD right down yeah. in San Diego and like a lot of our friends who grew up in Southern California they all went to grad night at Disneyland, yeah. right? And they're all like they all had the exact same experience, right? Yeah. But yeah, we like I remember going on the Indiana Jones ride, and it was just, like, the bumpiest, most uncomfortable thing I had ever been on. Oh, really? It like, oh, you know, it was, like, really, like, oh, I can't really do a visual on a podcast. And it's, like, me just, like, moving all around, just getting just bumped move, all over move the, place. the
0: stereo mics around you, oh! as you. How's the stereo working out for you guys? Are you liking that? Write in with your comments at for truth at gmail.com. K-I-S-F-T. Yeah. Or... SFT Internet. Radio one.
2: <laughs> Woo!
1: it just seemed right. Should we just uh I think we could probably edit a little bit of that. So we can keep going. Yeah, yeah, we can
0: we there's 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 very little of value in what we've been talking about. So.
1: But I think that's good, a little bit of like sporadic, you know, inspiration, yeah. you know. Should we move on to
0: Yeah, what do you got?
1: I think we got the political season. Politics. ...going on right now. Oh, my God. Has, you know, actually, right now, I think Barack Obama might be, might be accepting a nomination. Give, give us an update, Sachin. Who is running for what? Um, Barack Obama, who is the president? Yeah, the president. Running for president again. I mean, been there, done that. Talking about unoriginality. Yeah, I mean,
0: debate. wow. Come up with something new. <laughs> Run I
1: for did. something new, right? I mean... <laughs> Boring. And speaking of which, Mitt Romney, who also ran for president, dude, is running president again. Loser. And so yeah, those are the guys. That was kind of lame. But uh... yeah, so those guys are running. Um, we just right now is the Democratic National Convention. I think your prediction.
0: Last... Who yeah. will, who will win the big showdown between Barack and Mitt?
1: You know that's a tough one.
0: Who's taller? Do you think?
1: I think Barack Obama, looked, he seems like a pretty tall guy.
0: Yeah, but I feel like Mitt Romney has such a big forehead. His forehead and hair might add, like, several more inches. Like, their eyes might be at the same level, but Mitt Romney's hair might be seven inches taller. I might be.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe... I have a feeling that Barack Obama is going to win, just because it seems like he's ahead in a yeah. couple of the polls. You always hear about these polls, and it's really annoying... Because every other day you read about a poll and it's like, this poll shows that they're even. This poll shows that he's ahead. But it, you never hear that Romney's ahead.
2: Okay. It's
1: always like, Barack Obama's ahead. And the next day it's like, oh, they're dead even. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, but... And then five of the seven battleground states, Barack Obama's ahead. And then it's like, oh, but they're even. You know, it's like... But you don't really ever hear that Romney's ahead. So that's one reason. And also because I just really don't want him
0: to win. Ah, so your, your yeah, well, desires are coming into...
1: Well, I, I don't know... I'm just trying to, I'm just clarifying where I stand so okay. that, like, you can understand that maybe if I am being, you know, swayed, uh-huh. you can take that into account. All right. But there's evidence otherwise that, like, based on these polls that I'm hearing, but these polls, I don't know, they change every month, it seems like, or even every week. Yeah. Which
0: makes well, I mean, me. If, if a gaffe comes out, yeah. it's like, uh oh.
1: But these people, these people, these people in these battleground states who are on the fence.
0: Just being greedy?
1: Well, are they being greedy? They're just being stupid, right? <laughs> like, I mean, okay, like every year or every, like the, for the last, like, what, four elections since, like, Bush or Gore or Bush, right? Mm-hmm. It's been, like, down on the wire. Like, I think, okay, I think Barack Obama beat John McCain handily, and I'll put that in quotes. Oh. But he still only won, like, I don't know, like 50 some odd percent of the, vote, of the vote, right? It wasn't, like, a landslide. Right. But, like, for the last, like, three or four elections, it's been, like, battleground states have been the most important ones. You have these ones, like California, which are pretty solidly Democrat, and other ones, which are solidly Republican. It's like, all right, forget it. We can't possibly win there. But there's these ones that are on the edge, which is where we need to spend our effort. Because it's like, if Ohio or Florida goes one way or the other, you know, that's a big deal. And if we could just swing it, just a little bit, then it'll be worth it. You know, whereas the the Republicans aren't going to spend all their effort trying to swing California because it's like, what's the point? You may not. You may not. And you can spend all that effort somewhere else and get more results. Mm -hmm. So that means there's like seven states, you know, seven or eight or whatever it happens to be that are swing states. And that means that state is like basically 51-49 or 52-48 or something like that, which means, and, you know, in those states... Let's just say 45% of the people are one way or the
0: other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's only the last 10% that are on the fence between Republicans and Democrats.
0: Do you think that, uh, the, well, I mean, but you know those people exist in all the other states too yeah but
1: but the thing is we're not those people don't have any sway in those other
0: states because one side outnumbers the other yeah
1: so it's you know? like we are catering this entire election all these like campaign ads all this money all this time all these speeches for so like seven states and usually they're not very big states they're not like Texas they're not like California not like New York they're like kind of well I mean Ohio and Florida are reasonably sized states for sure but mm-hmm. I mean it's still not you know let's say it's Ten percent of the population, five percent of the population, and then of that five or ten percent, it's ten percent of that population. So we're talking about, you know, we're talking, and then not only that, but that the population of the country is 300 million, You know, you take ten percent of that, that's thirty million. Take ten percent of that, that's three million, and then take ten percent of that for the people who are actually going to vote. And you have 300,000 people. Or maybe 3 million people. We're spending all the time and effort for between 300,000 and 3 million people. And those, because those guys can't tell the difference between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. Hmm. You know, it's fine. You're a Republican? Fine. Be a Republican. But don't be on the fence about. that. There is a difference. <laughs> right? I mean, like, what do you mean there's no difference? Like, I mean, how are you still undecided? And why are you deciding at the last minute? It's been... Four years, you know? Like, I mean, and these guys, these Republicans have been at it for, like, a year and a half.
0: Well, but you seem to be implying that they can't come up with some some better arguments as the election heats up. It's like, why even have... I mean, so are you saying, like, don't have an election season?
1: No, I'm, ju- I'm just lamenting the fact that we're spending all this time and effort on three million
0: people. Do you think that it would be better if... Uh, if the presidential election was just a straight popular vote, like, it doesn't matter where you are, whatever, well, we you are, know, you whoever know, know. gets the most votes in the country wins the... I'm vote. not That's sure how it. I feel about that.
1: You know, I mean, I think there's, there's something to be said for both sides. You know, like, if you went straight popular, then the coasts would dominate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and you would have no rural interests. You know, so, I mean, it's kind of like the debate between... What, why the Senate is there and why the House is there. I mean, you know, we want to give those people representation also. But at the same time, it, it is unfair because those guys are getting unequal representation. Like, why are we pandering to places that don't matter? You know, there's Whoa. more
0: people. Hate mail, give me <laughs> sent. to such an yeah. ad. truth at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, I didn't mean it like that, but I mean, the point is like, you know, waiting-wise, you know, it's like, why pander to 10 people when you can get the same amount, you know, when you go to the big cities, like on the coasts, you know, you can hit those. You can hit ten million people with like one tour, as opposed to having to like hit twelve different cities to hit maybe five million people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much more effort, and you get much less vote. When you can just go to the coasts, go to New York, go to California, go to Los Angeles, go to like San Diego, go to San Francisco, you know, uh, Boston, New York, Washington. Portland, Seattle—all these real, uh, you know, all these really big cities—and you could, you know, really speak to these people and get those people to vote. And then, you know, all these people in the small farms and like in the rural areas—and all, I mean, entire states would just be left in the dust, right? Like Wyoming and Alaska—nobody would even talk about that
2: because mm-hmm.
1: they don't really matter in, in, the, in, in, the, cal- pres- in the calculus of it. Yeah. Right? If, yeah. if
0: you did popular, yeah, but then. But they would still have their senators and representatives. They would. they would. They They already have far fewer representatives, but they have equal number of senators.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's right or wrong. I mean, I, obviously, there's merits to both sides of it. I mean, mm-hmm. the popular just seems fair, right, mm-hmm. obviously. But, I mean, I think, as is everything, what you think is fair, just like a flat tax, seems fair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, in essence, it's not fair.
0: Right. So
1: I mean, just because you think something, oh well, that's just fair. Well, I mean, there's there's always another side to it. You need to consider because, like, you go that way, and all of a sudden, like I said, we're just going to ignore, you know, square foot wise, probably four fifths of the country. Right. Yeah. yeah. And those interests, those people who make their livelihoods off of agriculture and mining and resources and like you know livestock and whatever it is that they do out there, whatever it is that we do out here, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you know, it's like those people's. Yeah, and it's a valid part of our world, our country, you know. They get ignored. So I don't know what's right and wrong.
0: Well, do you think that, I mean, do you think that there would... That the market would uh, reconcile that eventually? Like, if someone's getting unequal representation, uh, would that eventually, like, you know, would corn prices eventually skyrocket, or would, uh, you know, say, I don't know, bauxite mines, you know, run out of labor because no one wanted to go there and so the mines, you know... I haven't heard bauxite yeah. in like 30 years.
1: <laughs> I feel like I used to hear bauxite when I would look at those little maps of the United States with like <laughs> all the like the resources and yeah. things that they had like cotton over here. Borax. Like, Borax. And- <laughs> but bor- I was like, Foxide, all right. Well, whatever. Foxide, yeah.
0: Foxide, I don't I know, know what Bauxite is actually.
1: I don't know what would happen if they didn't get represented. I mean, what would happen would maybe that they would just get screwed over.
0: Well, then they would get the same representation as as everyone else. Only their the voice of people who had similar interests as they would be far less.
1: Right. Which I mean, and kind of like. To reduce it down, it would almost like they just had no voice at all. Yeah. You know, so, like, I mean, they would have no voice, so they would but just. But
0: there would still be the market influence.
1: What? But the market. What, what market influence?
0: Well, I mean, they. Like, you were, you were mentioning, you know, resources and agriculture and stuff like that, that those people still have. Uh, play a role in the economy.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you think you're going to hold the, the country hostage because they didn't get a
0: vote? I don't know. Well, no, I mean, but. But would there would the market compensate for? Well, I guess I was trying somewhere. to think
1: like the only way the market. I'm trying to think of a way that could possibly happen. I don't think the market necessarily enforces politics anyway, unless you're talking about lobbying.
2: Yeah.
1: No. Right. But I mean, those guys, if anything, are on the bottom of the, their ability to influence politics. Because I mean, the guys who have the money are on the coast anyway. Mm. Right. Unless you're talking about Warren Buffett, but that's one guy.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> gave it all to some guy on the coast.
1: Right. <laughs> But what I was thinking was, like, if, if you were to say, like, your market-based approach, how would that have an influence? Maybe for some reason, when we completely ignored the center of the country or, you know, the non-coasts, we would ignore all that they do, you know, all that they do for us in terms of, you know, feeding us, you know, with food right. and, like, all that stuff, right? And then it would just, like, be mismanaged. And we would turn around, and it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, we thought we could just get away by not paying attention to this. And now we realize that that's an error completely. Mm-hmm. And we're the market has now shot corn up through the roof or shot ethanol through the roof or shot, like, soybean through the roof. And, like, we're going to have to start paying attention. But I don't think it'll be, like, regulating their...
0: It won't regulate their influence in politics.
1: It'll just re- regulate...
0: It'll just cause an imbalance of all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So you're saying that having a... A slight imbalance of a of, of very basic fairness at one level can correct for greater imbalances in other realms, perhaps.
1: I mean, just like a progressive attack, I think is sort of yep. like the exact example of that, right?
0: Interesting. I feel like we're we're digging around some truth here. <laughs> <laughs> we might not we might not have found it, but we're digging around it.
1: Yeah, I mean, separate but equal is apparently. <laughs>
0: they uh I remember I, I took some pol- political science courses in college and in one we were looking at sort of the British Parliament yeah and uh, and how um, some of the sort of like minority regions in uh, in the UK, like Northern Ireland and stuff like that actually get uh, more representation just for this very reason because otherwise, they wouldn't have any say right and, and well I mean
1: yeah I mean I don't know it depends because I think their government system is actually much different than ours right mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of confusing for somebody who doesn't really know how it works and that that might be me but I feel like I I know a little more than the average person but I, I probably don't but I, I've heard some criticisms about our own form of government in the sense that like um here you can't like Barack Obama or whoever could never just, like, run the government and do what he wants to do. Like, let's, you know what, it's my turn. I'm just going to go mm-hmm. and do my stuff. It's like, uh, I've got to get through Congress, and I can't get anything done, you know, and we just waste everybody's time, right? Whereas, like, there it seems like, my understanding and what I've kind of explained to me, you form a government, right? Yeah. You get these people, you form these coalitions. It's like, well, I'm the prime minister, and I'm just going to do this stuff.
0: You have a majority.
1: Yeah, because I'm the majority, and we're just going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and the president, who is not the president, but the prime minister, is the leader of the house. And it's like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do it. And then the, the the House of Lords is sort of like a rubber stamp, it seems like. Or they're right. just kind of like funny duddies with wigs, right? <laughs> oh,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, the peons are making laws again. <laughs>
1: cute. Very cute. Oh, cute.
0: I see. Ah, do you remember when we ruled half the world? Oh, yes. Fair enough.
1: So, like, uh, here we have to, like, battle. Like, everything has to be a battle between this. You never really get to just do what you want. it really gets watered down. I mean, there's merits to that. But at the same time, like, they get to like just roll. You know, let's, let's just mm-hmm. go. Let's just do something. And if if whatever, five years later, when we have to hold elections again, you know, that didn't work out. Then it's like, well, these guys are no good. and We're going to go this way. And then if they just undo everything or they go a different way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, even now, like... Like, you know, even if, like, for some reason, Barack Obama wins, and both the House and the Senate go Republican, and they repeal, you know, the Affordable Care Act, he's just going to veto it. Right, yeah. Right, unless they have, like, an overwhelming majority, which is, like, probably unlikely, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, he's just going to veto it.
0: Well, but doesn't, don't, do you think that that, prior, perhaps, to the last few years, do you think that that led to more compromise, um, because it seems like in the parliamentary system, I guess you have to have a compromise to form a coalition to to win. Sometimes, if guess, you have yeah. if you have more than two parties, right? Um, but uh, well, and I guess like there's also just spectrums, yeah. You know, and like maybe if you had,
1: yeah, and maybe like in, in our country, like they're just so well, maybe yeah, like you said, like in the past, maybe there's been more compromise, but lately, obviously, there's been a turn. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. Well, I have an idea of when it happened, but I feel like.
0: What What is your idea of when it happened?
1: It seemed like it happened during the Clinton administration. Yeah.
2: Really?
1: It seemed like he was. He was a very divisive figure for some reason. Mm. Uh, and I, they did try
0: to impeach him over a blowjob.
1: Yeah, and I think that was partly because they just hated him so much. Right? Yeah. And partly that was his own fault or whatever, and they made them look really bad with the whole Contract with America and all that stuff, right? Mm. I don't know, but ever since then, it's just been very, I mean, you know, it's, it's, at the same time, that's really when I, bec- I think I got my political awareness.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and I so was. maybe it's always been that way. But most, I mean, you hear that it hasn't. You hear yeah. that it just gets worse and worse, right? I mean, yeah. it's like people retiring because they think that it's so like broken and, I mean, not even broken, but just like
0: deadlocked. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, there was that senator from, like, Maine, I think. The, who uh, Olympia Snow, think. Yeah.
1: And there's a couple of them here and there. Yeah. They just are trying to, like, screw it. I just, I'll go be a lawyer or whatever I was before. You yeah. know it's, it's, it's great being a senator or a representative or whatever and, like, lots of respect and money and power and whatever, but it's
0: like, who needs it, you know? I'll yeah. <laughs> just go live a happy life, you know? <laughs> I only have one life. screw you all
1: I mean if I thought I'd make a difference sure I'll stay but I'm not Mm -mm. you know you guys are just like too pig headed to like make any choices you know Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know I mean like I said even if he gets the majority just whatever just veto everything they're not going to do anything unless you get like this three houses all or like the two houses plus the administration in the same camp you can't really just roll and do something you know and like the Republicans had that for a little bit well, even the Democrats had that for a little bit. I mean, Barack Obama had both houses in his favor, mm-hmm. and they didn't really. They got some stuff.
0: They going. got the health care thing going, got it but going, you but sort of feel like like you had two years; you could have done a little bit more.
1: Yeah, you, you always feel that way a little bit, right? But even, even even I think Bill Clinton had two years
0: of of majority. Yeah. yeah,
1: but I don't know. Maybe just you get get your legs
0: under you or something. Yeah. So, your prediction of who's going to win? Barack? I mean,
1: I think Barack. I, I hope we're up. Yeah. It, but I've based on these polls, I mean, it's like I've never heard Romney ahead. Yeah. And I just I just feel like it's so obvious that Romney's, like, a fake.
2: hmm
1: You know, like, you just hear all, and you see these clips of, like, him hey, just basically... And it's not just one issue. Like, oh, now I'm, like, against healthcare. It's like, no, like, healthcare, abortion, lobbying like finance, like all these different things, like every, like almost every single, like gay rights, every single thing you could think of, he's flip-flopped on, because Mm -hmm. he just has, he's very driven, and I believe he's a very smart person, Mm -hmm. you know, and then part of me wonders, like, well, maybe, you know, when he was governor of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, it seemed like he was a pretty progressive Republican, Mm -hmm. you know, like he was pretty, like socially, you know, It's one thing to be physically conservative, like, okay, fine, you know, whatever, but it's like to be socially, like liberal, I think that's, Kind of like the best way to go because it's for the people, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's the most important thing to me, anyway. But like, and part of me wonders like, does he really believe those things still? But he's also a smart guy, and he knows that if right. he just says anything that people want, he'll get elected. That's all he wants. Yeah, he just wants to be president. And I want to. I mean, who doesn't want to be president? I just, like, just, I mean, you're at this. You've tried so hard and gone so long. You just want to be president. You will say. Anything, yeah, and the
0: guy. But then well, you have no idea of what he'd actually do when he's there. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: and so like, part of me just like hopes that his gut is like he's. It's almost like uh, I was think I was explaining this to somebody this, this today. Like uh, it's like Star Wars mm. with Darth Vader, mm. you know? Like, yeah, he's on the dark side <laughs> and he does all this stuff, but in his core, in his core, you know that he there's still some good in there's there. There's still some good. Like, yeah, I know you won't kill me because I know there's some co- there's some good in you, you know, mm. and like. Even if, like, the Republicans in the House try to pass something, he would be like, I just, I just can't. Like, I know this isn't right, you know. And like, but then again, like, he'll have every single Republican in an entire, like, you know, country beating on him to do this. So mm-hmm. Maybe he will. But, I, yeah, it, it just seems like, and he's a smart guy. I mean, I think, you know, he went to Harvard for law school and for a business degree. He, I think he did really well in both those. And mm-hmm. obviously he did really well in the business world. I mean, I think he's a very driven and smart person. I think just based on his accomplishments and the way he talks, he seems like a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. Much more intelligent than Bush comes across. <laughs> you know, and maybe you could argue that Bush put on a show for us, but uh, yeah. he certainly comes across quite intelligent. I, I mean, I, I, I think I have intellectually a fair amount of respect for him, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's a moron. But it does seem like he knows what he needs to do to get become president. Hmm. And he's to say these certain things, and he's pretty good at backing them up, you know. And he talks like a businessman. He's like he acts very pragmatic. He's like, look, you know, here's what happens, you know. And they're like tell you, like these people over here will do this, these people, and then what I'm telling you is this, and you know, he like kind of lays it out, kind of folksy, but like not too folksy. I mean, he's like I said, he's a lot better than any of the Republican candidates, <laughs> which is <laughs> that's not yeah. saying much. But,
0: yeah, that, there wasn't a very strong pool.
1: What do you uh what do you think of uh, the winner?
0: As in who will win? Yeah. Um I I haven't paid that much attention to things like polls and, and that sort of thing. Uh
1: I don't know. Well yeah, it's and, hard to know, say then like, because I mean like obviously you know well, you have an idea of who you want to win. Right, yeah. And if you thought a rational human being just listened to those people, you would know pretty clear cut. But it's like to know who's to have an opinion on who's going to win it's more like how does the map look right how does, yeah. a, how does the blue versus red look how does the swing states look how do the polls look
2: mm-hmm.
1: have you heard any sort of like their speeches and stuff like that
0: like um no I've heard sound bites okay. I've never listened to a to a speech all the way through uh I I have a feeling just a feeling that Obama will win yeah again um because and my feeling is just based on sort of what you were saying, that Romney has said one thing and then the opposite thing, like uh, and never never accounted for why he changed his mind on things, which makes him seem just sort of like a politician saying things to get elected, which I think people don't like. Uh, I think that...
1: Do you think his his religion is going to play into it?
0: Well, I don't know about that. I think it certainly played into the primary...
1: Yeah, it seems like people have gotten past it.
0: Yeah, because I I was thinking it would be a much bigger issue, like among the people who are. I mean, like I think with Bush, it was like very religious. Yeah, but it seems like people like actually, in terms of when things became more polarized, I feel like there was uh, the the use of religion on the uh, Republican side of the spectrum sort of ramped up. I'm going to say maybe late, late 90s, early 2000s, around, around the time that Bush came in. Yeah. I think that, that that would be somewhat polarizing, at least for me, because I really feel like religion... I believe in freedom of religion. And for me, that means that religion is not a part of your government. Because if it is, then automatically one religious group is getting... Unfair treatment, you right? Know? Uh, and so maybe that's where things started to get more polarized. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think
0: it was during the Clinton administration that it got more polarized. I just wonder. I mean,
1: maybe like that's when they started like ramping up, though. The neocon movement. Oh well, yeah, whatever
0: that means. I don't no, really I don't know really what that know. means, but I just know it. Had to everybody do with, says uh, that, right? <laughs> it had to do with what's his name, Carl Rove. Yeah, I guess. yeah. And then I guess is Ralph Reed guy, I think like the. Is he the brain cha- or the?
1: No, no, he's like a different guy, but he's like head of some American religious organization. Not, It's not
0: a religious organization,
1: it's like some va- family values organization, you know, it's like ostensibly not religious, but of course it is. Like, yeah, I don't know. I hope. I think that it will be a rock ball, but I don't really have a strong opinion on it. I, I hope that it is. I have a strong opinion on who I think should win, mm-hmm. and that would be him. But. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I mean, and I'm not super, like, I, I'm not as fired up about it as I was in 2008. What year are we in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, getting old. Oh, boy. They're all blending together. But, yeah, back in 2008, I was definitely like, oh, man. Who's going to win the 2016 election? Well, maybe, maybe a better question is, maybe not a better question, but a place to start would be the nominees. All right. I don't know. Okay, well, I think from there we have to go, like, who wins this one, and then how does it play out? All right. All right, so let's say Barack Obama and Joe Biden win. hmm Then who... So then it's, like, almost like a new situation where it's, like, two primaries. Again, unless you think Joe Biden will run.
0: Do you think Biden will run?
1: I've heard rumblings that he wants to run. Really? But see, I don't
0: think he would, uh, I, well, I just, It's
1: just whether he has
0: the guts to do it. It's, I think... See, here's the thing. And, again, this is me not being educated about the situation or anything, but... Biden strikes me as, like, yeah, he probably wants to run, yeah, but it would not be a good thing for him to run. Like, no, he would no. not win. And
1: that's, well, I he might win just because of, of the respect thing. Because of, like, the you got to bow, bow out of the way forever. You know, it's like kind of like how Gore... Oh, no, you know, but
2: I don't
0: mean he wouldn't win the presidency. He no, no, no win yeah, the yeah, nomination. yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, the thing is, that's what I'm saying, because he has the guts to do it. Yeah. Because he have the guts to say, look, I want to be president. And you guys have to let me be the nominee because I'm the vice president. I've been the vice president for eight years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Just like Gore, right? And nobody ran against Gore except for Bill Bradley. But, I mean, generally speaking, like, he, he ran unopposed, right? Yeah. So, the question is, if they won, would Joe Biden run? If the answer is yes, then I guess I think he's a nominee. If the answer is no, that's a much more interesting question. I think given like all these kind of like newcomers into the, into the Democratic party especially like the young and so sort of, like minorities like i guess it was mm-hmm. and then there's this this Castro guy who's at the mayor of San Antonio San Antonio yeah and there's a couple the mayor other of Newark New Jersey uh, Cory Brooker, right yeah. so there's a lot of other like and a lot of minorities actually i don't think though,
0: i don't think you can go from being mayor to being president unless it's mayor of new york city like i think you you got to be a governor or something in between there. Like there's a there's a stepping stone thing. It does
1: seem like it's been a lot of governors and senator. Well, I think only one senator in, in like the past like uh, many elections. Barack Obama. Yeah, but everybody else has been a governor. Yeah, like right.
0: a Bush. Bush, Clinton. Um, Bush, Bush was Singer, vice president. Was VP and before yeah. that head of the CIA. He he was he did a lot of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think he was even something else as well. Reagan like, was governor. Reagan was governor. I don't know about Carter. I, I don't know about that stuff. But I mean, like I can just say for like basically since the 80s, it's been a lot of governors. Yeah. Okay. except for Barack Obama and then I guess Bush but Bush was sort of it. Mm. so like uh, yeah I don't know it, but I mean it, those are three sort of like potential candidates and I, I could see them all like having a hat or uh, an idea of running and then on the Republican side if Romney loses then I think it's like all the candidates we've seen run are just done because I think they've all tried to run multiple times right? like I think Ron Paul's done Michelle Bachman I hope is done Romney's done, of course, um, who else was
0: there? Uh, I think Harmon
1: Kane is done, regardless <laughs> <laughs> who else was like hot for a little bit? Uh, those oh, oh, that Rick uh,
0: Perry Rick
1: Perry might be done i don't, he might have another one in him, I guess he, that was his first one, right? yeah, he might like actually read a book or something of like tune now and then. <laughs> So maybe Rick Perry. Maybe Rick Perry, or maybe... Well, I mean, Paul Ryan is... Paul the, yeah, Ryan, I mean, if he keeps going, yeah. like the way he is, although I think Oh, do you know who they're,
0: they're saying in the Republican thing? There's the New Jersey governor and Marco oh, Rubio. Oh, Chris Christie. Yeah, Chris yeah, yeah. and, and Ru- Rubio,
1: right? Yeah, Rubio right. would be a good thing for them, because I think they actually need somebody of color. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those are your candidates, or your options, I any mean, or some options. Yeah.
0: Do you think Hillary Clinton would... I, I was
1: reading about something today. She'd be like, the thing is, all these guys are sort of like old guard, right? Like Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She'd be 72, apparently, in yeah. 2016.
0: But she would also be, like, without a doubt, like, probably the most qualified person. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I, mean, I think she'd be probably a fine, and if not great, president. Well, I don't know, great. And it was the same reason I didn't want her to win over Barack. I just felt like the Clinton years were so divisive. Mm. that the Re- Republicans would just react with such force to a Clinton
0: in the office. I think the, like, in terms of the experience that she has, like, like, if if you were just looking at resumes, I think, I can't think of somebody who, who probably ha- would have a better resume I than, would, doing, than Hillary Clinton.
1: I guess I would just point out that maybe somebody with an economics background. Like a, like, Someone, like an economist. Is she a lawyer?
2: Is that yeah, she's a lawyer. Yeah.
1: I mean, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's just that she's done a lot of, like, Senate stuff and, like, foreign affairs stuff. And I, I mean, yeah. I think our administration stuff is fine. But I, mean, I think, like, for the times that we're in, it seems like... Well, we that's know. four
2: years
0: away from now. I mean, who
1: knows
2: yeah. what's
0: going on? Well, I mean, I, I you know. could argue about the times being worse. Yeah. I mean, but why an economist? Why not a scientist? Why not, you know?
1: Yeah, maybe? well, okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. Maybe, like, uh... Or like an environmentalist.
0: That's that's what I mean, like a sci- an environmental scientist. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's I mean, something like yeah. that. I mean, I think it, it, it would be a very difficult um, balancing act because I think environmentalists have a very bad relationship with an, the economy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I think the number one complaint about Republicans, about the environment, is like it's a job killer, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I think there's been a movement to sort of like greenwash green, right? It's like, well, this is green energy, green jobs, green this, green that. It's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, like, good, there's green jobs, one million green jobs. That's not going to, that's not what's going to save our economy, it's green energy. Like, it's it's a systematic, like there's something structurally and systematically wrong with our country. And we're all built for something that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, There's an old way of living and we don't have that anymore, right? I mean, all our manufacturing jobs are gone and we need to re-educate people and get them into this new thing. Some of that's energy, some of it's something else and I don't think anybody knows what that is. You know, but I think, like, in the meantime, we can, like, get ourselves back on track with, like, global warming, with, like, dependence on foreign oil, with, like, you know, sustainable agriculture, with, like, you know, pesticides and farm science and, like, nutrition and all that stuff. And that's the kind of, like, hippy-dippy th- thinking that's going to turn this country around, in my humble opinion anyway. <laughs> but I think putting a, it's one thing if you have a majority and you just pass all these crazy laws and you become like a Teddy Roosevelt. But then you better hope that all these jobs come behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, you all of a sudden just made things not successful. I mean, you can't, you've made energy jobs, you've made old world jobs that were sustainable, or not sustainable, but paid money and employed people now much more difficult to do, mm-hmm. if not illegal. Mm-hmm. Where are these people going to go? What are they going to do? You know, I think that's the disconnect that I think a lot of people face when they suggest these problems. You know, it's like, well, we need to cut back on carbon dioxide emissions and, and you know, mercury emissions and stuff like Okay, well let's go ahead and shut down this factory you got uh, what 300 million people no 300,000 people over here unemployed now so what do you want them to do oh well you know uh, go to community college and retrain (laughs) for something I don't know (laughs) so but if, if you had somebody with an open eye to that and economy and like retraining and a completely sustainable sort of like reinvention then that'd be great and I'm not, I'm not sure that Hillary Clinton has that. Mm. You know, but I I do believe that you're right. Like I think she's really shown herself to be a powerful force for like peace in mm-hmm. in this these four years. Right? She's
0: like she's certainly sort of I mean, as Secretary of State, obviously she's sort of the most globally yeah. you know minded person in the cabinet, you know? Yeah. Um and that that's actually another interesting group of folks. Like, what about Um, what about kind of like people who aren't in the political spectrum right now but uh, or in the elected spectrum right now but you know are in there like Leon Panetta and uh, David Petraeus and those sorts of guys like
1: I'm sort of tired of like the guys from coming for defense you know like the
0: yeah but you were just saying that everybody's been a governor for the last no you're
1: right you're right I I didn't say it was a bad thing I'm just pointing out that I was was agreeing with you if anything but like I, like Petra- Petra is one thing because I think he's like, generally an administrator and less of like a, an intelligence kind of army guy, but I feel like Petraeus and like remember there's this, this Wesley Wesley Clark yeah it's like you are a general that's your claim to fame like you are really good at blowing things up.
0: Well, I think I think that being in general is more being an administrator.
1: Yeah, I mean, fun, you, know? you know, but it's like I don't think it gives you and a
0: strategic thinker.
1: Yeah, I mean, fine, but lawyers are just as good as strategic fingers. Engineers are just as good as strategic fingers. You know, businessmen and CEOs are just as good as strategic fingers. It does not qualify for you any more
0: or less. Right, any, yeah, you know, but spug. but what I but they do, there is a tendency sort of for, you know, people to come out of those fields into, into politics.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, I, I think that's more of like a historical natural evolution, but not one that's suited for our country. You know, I don't know if it's really good to have somebody who comes from military to be the commander too. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, you are a, a military-minded man. You know, like you're gonna, you're not necessarily gonna think, but it's like I can understand why you would think that maybe, oh, we can go do this and we can go do that. Whereas, like, I might be like, no, that's gonna be our last resort.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I mean, and obviously, I'm a peacemaker. You know, these guys maybe are the exact opposite of me, or I'm the exact opposite of them, or something like that. But it's just like, I, other than being a general, your qualifications are what, you know, you're not a governor, you're not a senator, you haven't been in government at all, except for running, you know, okay, granted, a huge organization. But it's a, it's a military organization, based on people listening to you all the time. Mm. What is your background in having people like tell you up to your face that you're wrong, and having to argue with people, and whatever? Maybe that happens behind that. You know, behind closed doors and stuff. I'm not. Maybe I'm just talking on the butt
0: now. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, I, I just I just brought them up because it's a, it's another possibility. Like I feel like political. You know what it is. Actually, like people who are in this 24 hour news media. Yeah. Need to develop stories. Yeah, yeah. They need to sell you something, and so they're talking about people like Marco Rubio and Chris Christie as potential, you know, whatever. It's like who knows what's going to be in forty years. Yeah, it's all—it's fun to speculate. I would right. love to see. I would love to see us move away from political parties, as you know. I would like to see somebody run as an independent and somehow be, you know, a legitimate. Say, I'm a consensus builder, and and sort of mean it. Because they're not going in there with uh, a polarizing viewpoint, but saying, look, I'm going to work with these guys and I'm going to work with these guys, and we're going to try and make everybody equally unhappy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, Barack Obama started to go out with, like, I'm going to work with these guys, but then they just said, I'm not going to work with you, and then it just kind of had to go another way.
0: Yeah, know? but he was part of the party.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but you need to yeah I mean I guess so you need to find i guess part of the then the problem is finding an audience mm-hmm. right because I think like the there's like the commission for presidential um debates or whatever, and you're not allowed to go to this debate even for like these um for these caucus things like the primaries, unless you have one percent of the people voting unless you're polling at one percent, which is not very high right mm-hmm. but I mean in order to poll at one percent, you already have to have a pretty significant you know, a uh, ground base, you know, in place. Well, it's difficult, right? Because I mean, it has to be somewhere. You have to sit, I mean, you might say that 1% is too high, but it's like, otherwise, you'll have 19 people on that stage, like we did at the beginning of the election. Maybe it wasn't 19, but it was like an inordinate amount of people, which is, how do it just drowns itself out, right? <clears throat> not to say that it's not broken, but it just seems like I don't know what the fix is. You know, it's one of those things where, it's so broken, but what are we going to do? Because any, any fix you suggest is almost you could see how it's worse than what you currently yeah. have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Can't we all just get along? Yeah. I think mean, that would be part of it.
0: Yeah. Cool. I don't know. Write in with your suggestions, people. Irregular search for truth at gmail.com. How do we fix the country?
1: How do we fix the country?
0: What's broken about the country, first of all, and then tell us how to fix it.
1: We'll get on it. That should be the next podcast.
0: Okay. Topic.
1: All right. Well, I might have to do some research. Topic. Topic. It? Top- T-O-P-I-C-K-E-D. Maybe you need a, maybe, maybe
0: you need a P in there. Topic picked. Topic picked.
1: Topic picked.
0: Topic picked. All
2: right. This has been the Irregular Search for Truth. I'm Scott. I'm Sachin. Take it easy.